Well, look, I'll tell you what I did. Um, I wrote a whole world of notes after watching every single one of your videos. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> can we cover that side of things? Yeah, we can. We can touch on that. All right. Oh, man, you did your homework, Tim. Pigeon Fox 2. Pigeon Fox 2. Tim. Ninja, out. Zero. All right, welcome back to Fast Ship Performance. My name is Tim Davies, um, and I'm with a guest today that I found online, and he's a very interesting guy. So I thought I'd drag him on the podcast to bring us some truth bombs in here for the community. Uh, his name is Mickey McLorraine. Have I pronounced that right? Yeah, that's that's about right. McLorraine. Uh, McLorraine, brilliant. Look, I'm just going to let you talk about your background because we I found you in a uh, in a, a group online, and it was about. Uh, making the choice of stopping drinking or not, stopping drinking alcohol. And mm -hmm. I go through this the whole time. I took a year off back in 2017. Um, a lot of guys in the military, coming out of the military, a lot of veterans in the UK have problems with alcohol. So I'm in that group. Um, you're mm -hmm. in that group too. And then I watched one of your videos about, I think you were three months clear. And I was like, that guy's speaking some truth here. And then I went and consumed all your videos. And that's why I dragged mm -hmm. you on the podcast, kicking and screaming. So, um, so should we talk a little bit about you know, what you're doing now, the back, your background, where you're living? Um, and uh, should we start with that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, firstly, I hope you didn't have too much trouble dragging me in here. Uh, I try no not to resist too much, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm actually, originally I'm from the Caribbean. I'm from a small island in the Caribbean. It's called St. Lucia. Yeah. Um, it seems to be coming, uh, becoming a bit more popular as a vacation spot and a tourist kind of spot. So there are times when I mention it where people are like, where? You know, they're not sure where I'm talking about. So it's one of the lesser known islands. Um, I lived there for about seven years and we, uh, we came over to the, uh, the U.S., my parents and me, and um, five of my siblings. Well, anyway, uh, to get to the interesting stuff, around, um, I graduated high school and just kind of mucked about for a little bit. I didn't have too much direction. Um, I had to figure out a lot of things on my own. I had to do a lot of self-parenting a lot of things i, I might have been taught as a youngster um i had to learn the hard way and the hard way by making mistakes a lot of mistakes and so some of the things you heard me talking about um are born of an immense amount of uh errors and uh, just me learning um from those errors and talking about them um so about uh, 2010 or so i joined the military i've been in for about 10 years and um I just I speak because uh, the the videos I make and uh, the podcast I'm trying to start it's more or less under the assumption that a lot of the things that I face a lot of the issues that I face are universal and I hope in working them out myself that maybe you know I can help some people out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We talk a lot about on the podcast here about failing, and we call it mm -hmm. first attempt in learning, as in F A I L. And uh, I, I always say to people because I was I was teaching pilots for a long time in the military. I taught for about ten years on jets. And okay. uh, we'd, we'd have to have people come to the flight school having failed already. And if they hadn't failed already, it was a real problem for us because, of course, it's the first time they fail, if they're in a single seat jet over North Syria or something trying to tank you know, at night in cloud, and then they start failing, they don't know how to recover from that. So for us, the whole journey in the military was about failing forward. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. You fail and it you does. move on. Now, you had, is it five brothers and a sister? It was four brothers and a sister. It's... Um it's four brothers and a sister, and um, there's another gentleman. We kind of uh, we grew up together, and we were so close. He kind of became my adopted brother. Oh, okay. So, and right. you all lived together. Where did you grow up then? Uh, we all grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I lived in New York for about 
20 years and um, I saw a lot of things. I saw a lot of things. It was a, it was a difficult upbringing for me, particularly because I never really felt as if I fit in. I had, to, I had a prevailing sense of being out of place almost the entire two decades that I was there. And, um, and for other reasons, it was difficult as well. Some of, the, some, some of the stereotypical things you've probably heard about New York, very uh, everyone's in a hurry, people yeah. are rude, and yeah. crime and all these sorts of things. I, I, saw, I saw a lot of that. Were you quite angry out of interest when you were sort of growing up? Was there an anger issue with you at all? It can be just quite common. That's why I just, I was reading a lot about when people feel out of place or not accepted or not good enough, then mm-hmm. they can manifest an anger from that. Was that something that was, do you remember that at all? Or? Um, if in, in my adolescence, not as much. It was just sort of a, a prevailing feeling of awkwardness. Yeah. Of uh, just not being quite in the right frequency of, thought or surroundings yeah. I felt that even when I couldn't express it and I still have trouble pinning it down exactly what it was today um the anger actually started later on maybe in my my mid-20s when I started to notice certain things around me um the people and the way they behave and certain things that they their priorities I felt were really askew okay. and um I didn't I didn't feel like it was an accident I, I felt like in some ways it 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 seemed purposeful and uh, that upset me yeah and that makes a lot of sense actually i think um i think there's people that probably you and i both follow online and probably have read about or watched some videos of you who talk a lot about this and i want to get into that a little bit later um your on one of your videos uh, the reason i go back to your videos obviously because i've written a lot written a lot down about them but you you do say awesome yeah so it's going to come back out you now isn't it you do say actually one of them that your your wife listens to your ratings and um, yes so you're yeah so you're trying to find somewhere else where you can you can put those ideas out there and it's also like when uh if i do one of these solo ones i can do solo podcasts a lot of it is me thinking as i'm speaking and that's that's why we shouldn't be repressing free speech because if we do that then we also repress thought by by repression of speech so um absolutely yeah so but in the uk we have hate speech laws over here which i disagree with um because i feel you know where do you end with hate speech laws you can just add another uh, community in there another whatever it might be and before you know it, you can't speak about anything but um mm. i can hear that in your videos when you're talking uh, i can hear that you're and i think sometimes you say you know i don't know where i'm going with that or i've gone a bit off here on a tangent and mm-hmm. i can see you're exploring these ideas in the same way i do in the same way that i think a lot of men are exploring them at the moment are there people that you're reading out there and stuff where you're thinking that's helping me kind of come to some kind of conclusions about my purpose and my identity or anything Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, wow. Where do I begin with that? Um, a lot of the changes, uh, come through reading and, um, that's something that's actually, I, that's, that's really integral to self growth. And I think anyone looking to grow needs to, needs to entertain ideas that are outside of their norm. Yeah. And one of the best ways to do that is to plunge into the mind of someone else through a book, you know, go ahead and take a ride in that person's universe and see where they're coming from and try to be open-minded if you just stick to your own ideas it's kind of you have this incestuous pool of ideas that are all piling up on each other in your little universe and you you don't grow as a person when you do that so to answer your question um i mean i've read so much about uh history um i've read a shake onto diop uh the the african origins of civilization and i've read i've read some stuff from herodotus and just his travels and how he documented places that he had been and how he'd seen. I think, uh, I think for a lot of people, he's kind of the authority on, um, on ancient history in, in some ways. And, um, but most recently, 
I mean, um, I can't remember the author's name, but it's how to be a the, the way of the superior man. Oh, I know that guy, David Dieger. David Dieter, isn't it? Dieter, he's, yeah, David Dieter. He gets yeah. a bit kind of, towards the end there, he gets quite deep into sexuality and stuff, doesn't he? He but, does, um, he really yeah. does, yeah. And oddly enough, I learned a lot about women by mm. reading David Dieter's book. Mm. I, yeah, I definitely. Respect that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you touched on Jordan Peterson in a, mm. um, something he wrote, and actually, I did uh, visit Jordan for a little while. I don't mean visit him in person. Yeah, I, yeah. I read his stuff, right? And um, a lot of what he said stuck with me. And um, something he said in particular, I actually have a, um, I'll show you. Sometimes when I'm really um, touched by something, or I think um, something is particularly poignant, I'll write it down on my door. Yeah. And so I had this door full of scribbles on it That's that awesome. I wanted to show that I wanted That's, to show you. So you're not using a phone or anything. You're not writing on a phone. You're doing a physical thing with it. You're literally physically it's, putting that. It's uh, Tim. It's everywhere, man. It's it's. Oh, I don't know if you could see that. Yeah, we see that. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you're right. writing things on a door with with pen, and then you can stand there in front of them and read them again. Yeah, I just happen to glance at them sometimes. On there, it says, uh, "Treat yourself as someone who you are responsible for helping." And mm. I think that's one of uh, I think that's one of Jordan Peterson's. It's one of his rules. Quotes. One of his twelve rules. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's important for personal growth because you really do have to step out of yourself sometimes and look at yourself as an unruly. Maybe you're behaving like an unruly teen. Maybe you're letting yeah. your emotions run away with you. You've got to step out and look at your behavior from a dispassionate point of view sometimes and try to cull yourself, you know, kind of maneuver yourself into the right direction. There's no one really better to do that than you. Than you. And that's what that, that, that one means to me there. So, well, there's a lot um, to cover in that. that. I remember you saying you want to be the best version of yourself, which I thought was um, was a very interesting thing to say when, in, when you're looking at all your videos, not only... One of the things you did say actually was quite interesting. I watched the one about the four. So I'm a big fan of like not hitting the gym and lifting the, mad, the massive weights and stuff because uh, no one's ever yeah. going to measure that. And I was always like, so what if I can lift this? And it doesn't, what does it mean? But what it does mean is, is what I can think. And I'll need a body healthy enough to be able to think, right? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that in one of your videos about the, because um, you do the four exercises. I think you said pull up, push up or dips, um, squats, and then obviously a bit of cardio. We've got to throw that in there. And that was quite interesting. But you actually talk a lot about the mind in there as well. You're like, I, I, I want to grow the body. And I'm just, all I'm doing is enough to keep me healthy for my family because I'm just a, I think the quote you, you read here was, um, well, you wrote here was, you know, you want to be not trying to break records, but you're just a guy with a job and a family trying to be healthy for them. I thought that was exactly. a really interesting thing because it goes against the grain of what, what we're told on Instagram and, and Facebook, everything we're reading on social at the moment, all these, mm-hmm. all these, uh, filtered models, literally, that are, are throwing content out there with their millions of followers, and people are liking them, and they're hitting the screen like. And you're like, why are you why are you doing this, and and not doing something for yourself? You know, why why are you right. not trying to further your mind or your body? Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to explore that a little bit. So obviously, the reading, there's no end to that, by the way, is there? If you just go down this, not not a rabbit hole, but if you just start reading and investing in other people's minds, it just goes on, and the growth is exponential. Is there yes. someone you're trying to get to or what is what happens with that? As far as my personal development, you mean? Or? Yeah, there's, there's no end state, is there? But is there something you, I mean, obviously, I, I run a course and we talk about self-actualization quite a lot. So, because mm-hmm. um, obviously Socrates said, all human um, philosophy can be distilled down to two words and that was know yourself. That's all we're trying to do in the whole world is to know ourselves and no one knows us. You covered it in one of your videos as well. And I watched that. I'm like, that is right on. No one knows yeah. who we are. Um, we don't know who they are. And, and we're fine with that, but we are all trying to understand who we are. 
That's that's all we're trying to do. By all this reading, all this listening, all us being on a podcast right now and everything else, just trying to work mm-hmm. out a bit deeper, another layer of who we might be. Is that what you're trying to get to? Is like a self-actualized state? Yes. Actually, it's it's funny. I didn't know Socrates said that. That's actually, that used to be written on, on a, in ancient Egypt uh, in certain houses of teaching. That was actually a logo that was written out in the, really? the Medunetra hieroglyphics on the door, um, above the doors. It would say, man, know thyself. Really? Coincidentally, yeah. also, that's a, one of the books I read is man, know thyself. And okay. um, you, if, if you don't, um, you know, you, everyone has to be somewhat of a, a student of history. You have to kind of know, you have to know who you are, where you came from. If you're going to have direction, you need to have a base, you know, if you just walked in on a chess game and the two participants were midway through, it would be really hard to, to ascertain what each individual's plan is. But if you saw it from the beginning, you would have a much better idea what each guy's trying to accomplish. And life, I mean, what is life but a chess game? It's a chess game. You're in it. You're in it for a long time. And you need to know what moves were made before you came online, so to speak. Sure. I think we all had this kind of gestation period where we were just kind of doing things and we weren't mm-hmm. really thinking about what our direction is. So that, that's of utmost importance to me. Oh, you know, um, Sam, I wanted to, I realized I didn't plug my channel at all. Um, no, go on. Yeah, sorry. My, my YouTube channel is called Son of Sotep, which is S-U-N of Sotep, S-O-T-E-P. Yeah, and uh, I've actually created the first episode of my podcast, but it's still pending. Okay, but whenever whenever it is available, it will be called the same thing, "Son of Sota." I, I've yeah. changed the name recently, so it might be a little bit different from when you last visited it. That's an um, Egyptian. Is that that comes from uh, Sota? I, I might, I'm I'm a little bit stuck on that one. Is that an Egyptian history name? It it is. Um, it's uh, Sotepenra. Used ah, to okay. be um, right. It used to be a title of Egyptian. Uh, uh, royalty certain kings had it as a title and it means one who is chosen or one who is chosen by the sun by the sun yeah um, okay yeah mm-hmm. i so, looked this up by the way the um it takes eight minutes and 20 seconds for the sun's light to get to the earth oh dude. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that no worries. <laughs> I, <laughs> you said that you're like i, I don't know does it take like a second or a minute I, it must be more than that i was like right we're gonna find this out yeah it does right. yeah how was it the speed of light so you can work out a distance there as well but eight minutes and 20 okay. seconds but you're right the I sun is not there anymore then what happens to the planet and that's why the sun is so important isn't it yeah right um uh, I got him. but there's a sec- there was a second part to what you asked me and i didn't want i, I lost it just a little bit what was the uh, we were talking about so self-actualization pretty much where you're trying to get to with the reading that you're doing obviously mm-hmm. you're you're creating the physical um balance for uh, all the working out but it's yes, like i'm yes. interested in that part so, yeah, um, to touch on that, Tim, um, you know, I just think we're too, like you, you mentioned, the Instagram models mm. and a lot of the media, I think we're too focused on the carnal. We're too focused on the physical, yeah. you know, and if by all means, if you're a professional athlete, if you've got to pose it on stage in a week or two or you've got a game, obviously focus on the physical because it's what's going to put uh, food in your table. And it's, what's going to, it's what's going to engender your success in life. But for the rest of us, I think we're entirely too focused on an appearance and the physical. And there's, there's, there's too much attention being paid to that. And like, like you mentioned, how much, how much can you bench or how, much can, how fast can you run a 50-yard dash? No one's going to give a damn about that. Can I use like certain language? Yeah, of course. Can you still yeah. It's fine, yeah. Yeah, cool. Right. No one's going to no give a shit about that stuff. Um, and the, at the end of your funeral, when people come to speak of you, no one's going to mention how much they saw you squat or deadlift. It's not sure. going to be what's important. It's going to be how you touch people, how you affect them. And so I, I developed my body now. And I, I mean, 
I'm not judging anyone because I went through a whole evolution of thought with this. At first, I was very focused on the physical. I was trying to get the chicks, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Suns out, guns out, and all of that. Um, but eventually it evolved, and I realized that, you know, the, ve- the, the body's a vehicle, and I need to take care of it. It's a gift. The body is an, a precious, precious gift. There's nothing that you'll ever own that, that even compares even anywhere near to the complexity and the beauty of the human body. You know, even just if you take a cross section of the human hand, you see all the tendons and the small bones and the ligaments and how it works and the eyes. It's absolutely magical. It's just that there's 7 billion of us, so it seems commonplace. But the human body is an absolute miracle. And uh, just, you know, just our hands are the greatest tools in all, in all of the invention. Uh, there's nothing, not your car, not your home, anything can compare it. And we need to take care of it and appreciate it. It's a gift. It's a wonderful gift. Even a partially functional body is an incredible gift and we need to appreciate it and respect it. And that ties into all the reasons, uh, all of the things I'm trying to quit or begin, which I think Mm -hmm. are good for me. And so the body deserves its due, but the mind, the mind is what really matters, I believe, at the end of the day. And um, that's why I say, I say what I say about, you know, don't do all of these exercises that will take you three, four hours of gym time do the general things, do the squats, the pull-ups, the deadlifts, and get the, the body moving and active. But bring it back to the mind. Develop your mind. Broaden your horizons. Your mind is the most powerful tool you'll ever have, and that's what I think deserves the bulk of our attention. And we need to start admiring people who've done that and, and, and not so much these Instagram models and these other, you know, some of them are very shallow individuals and, you know, don't have a whole lot more to contribute than their physicality. Yeah. I think we need to t- turn that around as a society. Honestly, I really do, and that's that's what I was touching on there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. Don't get me wrong. It's you know one of the things I talk about with the group I run for men, um, and we have we have classes of six, and we go through twelve weeks online with these with these guys. The first mm-hmm. thing we do is we talk about sanctuary, which is giving these men their own time in the day where there's no family, no pets, nothing around. It's, it's for them, they're planning. And part of that sanctuary, the first part is spirituality, where we either talk about um, meditative, you know, meditation or mindfulness or just breathing techniques, where we do mm-hmm. five minutes of breathing techniques. And you're by yourself, you're either in your conservatory or you're out in your garden or in a bit of nature. And then we talk about activity. And that is the sort of thing that you, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about with these guys. I'm like, whilst the coffee is boiling, or, or or the the kettle's boiling. Just get mm-hmm. some squats done. You know, get a few press ups done. Get some stretching done. Get some movement done. That's the main yes. thing. And then we then we cover nutrition planning and a bit of commitments for the day. That's the other the first four letters of sanctuary. And that just gives those guys that maybe twenty or thirty minutes in the morning before anyone else is awake for them to kind of go right. How am I going to win this day? You know, what do I need to achieve this day? Mm-hmm. I've woken the body up now. I've woken the mind up now. And now I can go out and I can I can attack that. But it's um, unfortunately that's not that's the world beautiful. we're living in. We're not living in that world, unfortunately. And I was going to touch on your politics at some point because our politics seems to be going the same way. There seems mm-hmm. to be, um, well, if I come back first, something that you've been saying, uh, something about your, your history or your racist history with, with slave names, I found fascinating. I, I really, really did. And I was really mm-hmm. into that. I did some reading around that as well. Um, there seems to be a, a, a much bigger divide between, uh, say, say uh, well, the white community and then ethnic minorities within, say, America, or I could say African-Americans or whatever it might be. In the UK, that, that doesn't really exist. And it's not just really? me saying it, okay. by the way. You go to London, really? and it is London is the most diverse city in the world. And so we're all used to it, you know? And and a lot of these mm-hmm. people are British, born in, in the UK. Um, we don't have a... I mean, everyone talks about 
problems with Muslims and stuff. That is not a thing. It's, it's just not. It's not a thing at really? all. British Muslims in the UK, they are British. They're contributing towards the economy. And it, this, so like what, what we see out coming out from America might be very different from what is in America. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know where do you, I don't even know where you live. Where, where are you living or where are you based at the moment? Is it? Um, right now I'm in Virginia, Virginia and I have been, yeah, I have been for the last, uh, the last decade, just about. So the house you're in now is the house you bought that you spoke about one of your videos. Yeah. That's the one. Oops. Yes, actually, I'm at home right now, and I bought that house in uh, in Virginia, my first home. Yeah, yeah. Um, proud moment for me, especially coming from such humble backgrounds. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, That'd be same. But yeah, the uh, the me- the media in America sensationalizes a lot, and sure. it's it's the opinion. I mean, uh, surprise, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's you know we we're all we're all accustomed to that here in in the U.S. We the, the trust is falling where the media is concerned. People mm. are moving away from it more and more. Um, they, they seem to have an agenda and most people you talk to uh, myself or anyone else will, will express that to some degree that they feel as if the media is trying to steer uh, public sentiment one way or another at almost all times. They're, they're un, being unbiased, I don't know. It might, might actually be a thing of the past if it ever was. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as um, race and the, the sentiments of that, to be honest with you, Tim, you know, like I'm in the military and, mm-hmm. um, I, you, obviously, you know, you, you meet people from all walks of life. Actually, you see that is kind of an elephant, um, uh, kind of a carving right there. That's okay. a friend. Yeah. A friend of mine from, um, Nigeria got me that. And, uh, I have other things all around my home that I got from different friends of China, Jap- Japan, and all sorts of places. Yeah, yeah. Well, we come together and we work and it's, it's, it's an afterthought. No one is really concerned. Um, about race, um, one we're in that setting. It the divide that you mentioned. It seems to be at least from this from one man's point of view to see to be between those who are affluent, well off, um, and those who aren't. I think yeah, okay. that's the most prominent divide yeah. that there is, as that's opposed to race. Yeah, I think you know. That. Yeah, um, and I, but you know, if you listen to the media, they'll 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 kind of fan the flames. Racial tension, one way or another, as it suits them. It's very, I don't mean to say that. I don't mean to say they aren't right. That they, no, there, no. there are. You know. Well, there, there will be over here as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, British yeah. National Party, all that kind of stuff. That's always. It makes good news, isn't it? Anything that's mm-hmm. anything that's negative. I mean, all news is negative. So anything yeah, that's yeah. negative, and we're, right. we're attracted to it, aren't we? As humans, our brains are attracted to, to negative things. So um, we have papers over here, newspapers, which have got uh, horrendous headlines, and, and it's, especially with things like mm-hmm. this coronavirus. One of the papers yesterday published something, and uh, it's quite a respectable paper, but everything in it was stretched. All the truth was stretched to make it significantly worse. And then next to it, I think I put something out on Twitter, was something from the World Health Organization, which was a fact-based thing, and it just basically blew all those those kind of lies out of the water, you know what I mean, which is quite... I see. Which is just what I happens wanna, with that. Um, I wanted to touch on something else you mentioned yeah, about cool. uh, the, the name the name bit, uh, the video yeah. I made called Changing My Slave Name and what have you. That was um that that was part of that's something that came about when I was doing on this whole not was I still am in this whole self actualization yeah. quest. I started to read about um, I started to read about Black history in America, which eventually you know in the American curriculum a lot of what they teach you is uh, Black race. It almost seems like Black history started with slavery. That, okay. That's okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, so I wanted to go beyond that, and I ended up in Africa. I ended up in Egypt, what have you. What I but before that happened, one thing I realized is. Um, 
you know, if you ask most uh, black people where their origins are from, where their ancestry herald from, most of us really can't tell you because that that history, at least in America, has been well nigh obliterated because of you know slavery. Um, a lot of us don't know what the original language of our ancestry were, or what they, who they worshipped, and what their theologies were, and what have you. And part of that whole process was getting rid of the original names and giving the slaves the names of yeah. their captors, right, yeah. to show yeah, property. Right. And I talk about it in my video. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm from St. Lucia. I'm from a Caribbean island, and my name is Mick Lorraine. You know, that, that doesn't quite seem, uh, you know, it seems a bit off, doesn't it? So, and there are a lot of, there's a lot of that. Anyway, my point was, is that in my research, I came to realize that it's more than like that that name at some point was associated with something to do with slavery. Perhaps an ancestor was owned or okay. what have you, and a name was passed down, and I've been perpetuating it in my family. Yeah, I mean, I must have, I must have a dozen nieces and nephews at this point in time. We're, we're, we're passing this name off into the future, and I think mm. that it's important for all people to, to connect to their to, to to ground base, to home, to, to whatever whatever the ancestral story is, to connect with that. And part of that is language, part of that is theology, but also part of that are the names that we use, that we call each other, and what they mean. You know, I think sure. that's really important. And um, my way of doing that most recently is considering a name change, which which I've um, talked about in that video. If anyone's interested, they can watch that and they'll, they'll see what I'm talking about. But that's the sentiment behind that. It's, it's connecting with my ancestry, which gives me, you know, when you personally, Tim, or myself, or anyone reads about the great achievements of those who came before them, it, it, it imparts a sense of confidence in the presence. At least, at least to me, that's, that was the experience I had when I read about certain men and women, their achievements and what they did. It, it made me feel that somewhere in my DNA was locked, that, that the will, the same will that was used to do those great things is still in me now. And I myself can do great things in my time. However, you know, however insignificant they may, may seem to anyone else. It gave me a certain confidence, and I think that's important. And that's what that name change will remind me of. When, it, when you call me that or my wife calls me that, it will remind me of that sentiment. And I think that's really powerful. For me, it is. And I, yeah. think, I think it's important. Yeah, and that was an interesting video. I, I want to watch that. I can, I can understand. I've read about this before a little bit, and I can understand why people are almost taking that power back to themselves and saying, "This is I'm going to start this now." Now, of course, when you do that, if anyone that I work with came into work and said, "Hey, guys, I used to be called this. Now I'm going to be called this," yeah. um, there's going to be questions <laughs> with that. It's like, "Dude, what's up with your name? How do you yeah. now?" You're probably like me. Uh, we we both would say, and a lot of people our age would say, "Look, I don't care about the opinion of others." You've spoken about this before. Um, of course, the truth is we are tribal people, and so we do have to care, else we'd be thrown out yes. of the tribe. So we do have this inbuilt caring thing about. We so do. what what you're doing is obviously a brave thing, or will be seen as a brave thing by others, because of course they might be more insecure than you, and they'd worry about what people would say or think about them if they change the name. Because we, of course, we all mm -hmm. project, don't we? We project onto other people. What yes. are you thinking? Yes. When you go to work and you say, "Hey, all my passports and my credit cards and my deeds to the house, and everything now is going to." That is it. That is a job. That in itself is brave because you, that's not work. <laughs> but you've got to go in and yeah. talk to your team and you shift in work and you've got to say, guys, and you might have to explain yourself. Is that, mm -hmm. I guess you're prepared to do that and you've, you've got a plan about that and that's going to be, that's the easy part, is it? Well, okay. So um, have you ever heard of Ralph Waldo Emerson? 
Yeah, yeah, cool. He's a fa- famous essayist. Um, and he wrote, uh, I mean, my favorite, a lot of people who've heard of him, Self-Reliance, one of mm-hmm. my favorites. And he talks about, I, I, to paraphrase, he said something of the sort that when you speak, when you speak truthfully, when you really speak truthfully, you can assume to some degree that you're speaking for yourself and all others. Because to some degree, people, they, they tend to be going through the same thing you are. Yeah. And um, when I first started to talk about that, I was very insecure about it. And I felt I was almost, I was certain that I was going to come across a lot of criticism. Now, I'm sure there are those who would like to criticize and who've just kept it to themselves. And um, that's fine. You know, I, I suppose I should thank them for doing me a favor in that regard. Or perhaps um, I, I should ask them to speak out and perhaps they'd give me some perspective. But for the most part, Tim, uh, surprisingly, I've gotten almost nothing but support. Mm-hmm. And this is from, like I said, a wide range of people, you know, uh, 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 black, black men and women, white women, men and women. Um, they've uh, either come up to me and said something at work. A lot of the people who I posted this to on, on my Facebook ch- uh, page, we're all, we work together. You know, we tend to yeah. friend each other so that we can communicate yeah, and what have you. And I've actually gotten a lot of support, man. Um, but, you know, I mean, what are there, 500 people on my friends list and maybe 20 of them have spoken to me. So what are the, are the 480 thinking about? Who knows? Um, so it's going to start with my, I'm going to walk into work and it's going to say on my uniform, something different. And that's going to, that's going to, that's going to cause a lot of questions, but I'm just going to be as honest as I can about it. Perhaps not at length, like we're going into yeah. right now. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't want to walk. I'm glad you asked that. You got an hour, <laughs> um, uh, you know? Yeah. But I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest with it. Uh, about it and let the chips fall where they may. I, th- I think I really feel um, not just in this, but in everything we do, we should really try to be genuine to ourselves and who we are. There's too much a uh, facade going on. Mm. And it's difficult, obviously, to be oneself because you open yourself up to criticism. And yeah. even Bruce Lee, I was watching an interview and Bruce Lee said that ultimately he felt that martial arts was about self-expression. And I thought that was very curious, you know, because I thought it was about kick a kick an ass. But Bruce Lee says is about self-expression. And he said to, to express yourself honestly and openly, not lying to yourself is very difficult. And you have to train your body and your mind to do that. You know, and I thought that was very appropriate. And um, so taking the great teacher's advice, I'm I'm really going to, like you said, while that coffee's while that coffee's on the pot and I'm I'm putting on that uniform. You know, I'm I'm really going to set my my teeth and my mind to just be honest about why I did what I did, and you know, just take whatever feedback I get as openly as I can, you know, with yeah. as much strength as I can. Yeah, but I expect yeah. that the yeah. people will have questions. Of course, they will, yeah. and it's not they're not mm-hmm. coming at it in a in a negative sense. Probably they're probably coming at it in a curious sense, like how come you yeah. change your name, and then you can say, well, look, let's have a coffee and sit down and talk about it. Um, I think that's really interesting, actually. I, I, one of the things that jumped out of me there was about doing the work. Like, there's, there's work to be done, and we're men. Mm-hmm. And do the work for the work's sake. The fact that there's work to be done. I'm a big fan of that. So there's a pile of rocks at the end of my garden, and sometimes I go out there and I pick up every single rock and I move it to the other end of the garden just because I can, because that's <laughs> it's building something in me. There's no reason to do it. It's like there's a whole bunch of rocks that need moving. Let's go move the rocks. But I feel you get something from that by putting that effort in. It's... Um, it's hard to describe what that is, but you feel like you're doing something uh, that just needs, to, it doesn't even need to be done. You're just doing something. It's almost like we don't get to do something anymore. We're not, we're not tilling mm-hmm. the fields, are we, or whatever. We're not, um, you know, we, 
our jobs are sitting behind a computer sometimes or you know the very easy jobs we're not the men aren't being men anymore and, and that's what i'm trying to get at so i think what you're saying there is trying to you know say that just be honest about what if you if you're not honest about stuff if you can't be honest about who you are then people there's an inherent lack of trust you know when we look at each other you can look at someone you can tell whether they're lying we all can you know we can all tell whether they're putting the work in or not it's just one of those things and we all have times when we don't put the work in of course do we? of course um i was going to say that's something the, down here I was that's an excellent, down. excellent point that you made well you have to go and get yourself some rocks if you've got a pull-up bar in your garden Absolutely. Yeah, how do. do you do that? Do you, do you like concrete in or something? I'd love it. I went in there. I dug the hole, man. I went in there and I, I dug through. To, yeah, like a, it was like a... Seriously? At least a, what, you put concrete least, and a pole thing in there and everything? Yeah, laid concrete and oh, I, I love that. poles in there and I got some piping and I did the whole thing. Yeah. Why do you not do that? I've always felt about doing that. Then in my garden. My wife's <laughs> like, oh, no, it's where the apple trees are. I'm like, I can't pull up on an apple tree. Right. I'll send you a picture yeah. of it. Um, what are the things? Oh, you yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, exactly. All oh, right, should we talk about? Let's have a look. Oh, yeah. So you're not eating meat. Um, you talk. And this is about being the best version of yourself. Some of the stuff really mm-hmm. resonated with me because my wife and I say we're um, vegetarian carnivores. So we're, we're primarily vegetarian, <laughs> but occasionally we kind of leap on a, an antelope and eat it. But um, primarily, you know, everything on our plate is like just this, this forest, this jungle of like leaves, and then there's like a little chicken bit in there. Um, but you, right. you've stopped eating meat completely. Does that mean you're vegan or vegetarian or what are you doing? Well, as I understand it, um, vegans don't eat anything, any animal products whatsoever. So they won't even, they no honey and no milk and things like that. Yeah, and, I guess it's extreme. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be damned if I can't put some honey in my, in my <laughs> tea, you know, so. Yeah, so I don't think I'll ever. Who knows? You know, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I surprised myself, but I don't think I'll be vegan. I'm, I'm vegetarian, which basically means I don't, I don't eat meat, um, and uh, but I can still partake of dairy and mm-hmm. honey, um, things like that. But I don't eat animal flesh, so to speak. So um, if you're interested, it's the reason why. Originally, it's because I just I. At first, I did. I was a pescatarian. I just ate from the ocean, fish, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever else. And even it's because I started to feel worn down. I started to feel. Um, I didn't feel good. I did some research, and I was. I was really appalled at how it is the processes by which some of the meat and some of the fish that I was eating made its way onto my plate. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so aside from health concerns, it just turned into a type of. I, I, I felt victimized in a way, you know. And the alcohol has something to do with that same yeah, feeling as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's, so it's a dual purpose. It's, to, it's, it's for the betterment of my health. It was kind of a self-experiment. And that's, that's important. We, we like to get on, we, we get on YouTube and we Google stuff. And what will happen if I do this? But there are certain things that you have to do. You have yeah. to observe yourself yeah. and see, see what happens. And so it started off as self-experimentation. And as well as um, trying to take care of my health, and to be honest with you, Tim, since I've been doing that, it's been uh, it's it's definitely been a, a couple of months. I haven't kept track, strict track, but I want to say I'm around eight months or so. Um, I do feel better, and almost none of the things I anticipated happened. I, I thought I was going to just lose a massive amount of weight and be, weight mm-hmm. and be a stick figure. I haven't. Um, I'm still 205. Um, I still have the same level of performance when I work out. The same, more energy probably. I do feel. I'm not going to say that it's it's it's. I'm not a Superman all of a sudden like some people claim. Yeah, like you know yeah, because they're yeah. 
but I just feel better and I feel as if I'm avoiding a certain level of victimization. And also, you know, I don't want, I don't want for things to suffer terribly for me to sustain myself. If I can avoid it, I, 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 I try to, you know, and that's part of the sentiment behind that. Yeah, I was going to say, because a lot of people would say, you know, mind and body, if we're killing things and then eating them, or they're being mm-hmm. killed, sorry, and they'd be treated bad in them, then we're bringing on some of that karma onto ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, I know, you know, we can talk, we can go into that if you want to. Was that part of it? Or was it more to, when you talk about the victimization, are you saying that people are literally, uh, let's have a, I can talk about this with alcohol quite well, about the victimization. I'm very good at mm-hmm. doing that. But when it comes to yeah. this, uh, I'm a bit more incited. Is it to do with the processes or the, the fact that maybe these animals had a lot of antibiotics in it that you think that you're consuming as well and it's doing you damage and you know, not allowing you to grow in the same way? Is, is it that kind of thing you're talking about in the, in the process of delivering meat to your plate? Yes, I, I think that the, the process is uh, it renders the meat unhealthy and yeah. those, who, those, who, those who have developed the process and partake in it are aware of that. But yeah. I, think that, I think that capital gains, you know, money, um, is more important than, than our health to, to these people. I'm not going to say all of these companies, but um, certainly quite a few of them. I think they're more concerned with generating income as opposed to the public's health. And they will, they will employ whatever means they can to do that. And I think when we participate in when we, when we when we use their products, we're basically voting for them to keep on yeah. as they have been. Yeah, and that's, absolutely. That's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. I was in um, Wichita. That's a strange town. Uh, there's not much going on there, but that was, uh, I was visiting an aircraft company there and I was doing some work with okay. them and, and we'd all go out for lunch and, um, there's not much going on. Like, you know, Monday afternoon, there's not much going on. It's hard to find something cafe open, but you can always find your, your staple American things, you know, your, your subway mm. and you've got loads of, you've got loads of lunch options, but it's really hard. I found going out with all these American pilots and engineers and we'd all mm-hmm. try, they'd all go, let's go here. Let's do this one. Let's do that one. When you walk in there, it's difficult to eat healthy for lunch and you, you don't have to pay much money to get a lot of food. A lot yes. of food, and it's got your yes. refills of your coke and everything, and you know your big buckets. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying the UK isn't becoming like that or isn't like that in certain places, but mm-hmm. I found it really hard to find somewhere that. I mean, I, I, my question I've written down here is, how easy is it for you to be a vegetarian in America? I mean, it, do, you, do you struggle to find things? You have a special place you shop. Um, it's to answer your question is not. It's not easy, man. And you know you could be a you could be a junk food vegetarian, eat chips and what have you. And, yeah, or, yeah. Um, yeah. But if you're trying to do it in earnest uh, and be healthy about it, it's very difficult, man. It's very difficult. Um, sometimes I just stop the side of the road and eat the grass. I find. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but, That's what yeah, do. massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think it works for them. Um, no, it's it's extremely difficult. And the more the more strict I am with myself about it, the more I find that I'm eating at home. And meal really? prepping and doing things like meal, that. Meal prepping, yeah. yeah, yeah, I get that. And that's what I wanted to get at. Is it a meal prep? Because this is actually a bit of a, um, a, a bit of a story for men, then, isn't it? About this is what we do during the, the first bit of the day. Is we've got to plan that day. We've got to plan that week. You got to plan that month, that yeah. year. And if you don't, you're just going to walk into it. And other people are going to control. They're going to control you because it's natural. You're going to do whatever they want. You're going to end up wherever they want you to be. Whereas if we start, exactly. if we start prepping things, then we know that we're responsible for our own future. And I guess that's quite a good analogy there. If you're having to prep your food. Because if you didn't, it's very easy to reach out and to grab that Subway and all that bread yeah. and everything else and stuff that in. Absolutely. And then you wonder, yeah, it's bad. Because obviously what we eat is, is what we think. It all goes in the same place, isn't it? We, we are what we eat. So that's, that's, really, that's really interesting. There's a, and that, yeah. there's a saying that uh, if you, I'm, 
there's a saying if you if you don't have a plan then you will most certainly become part of someone else's plan yes and uh, i couldn't that, remember that one but you're absolutely right that's, that's exactly what i was trying i can't remember who said that but it's probably yeah. come from something it's probably like jordan yeah. peterson probably said that to me at some point I <laughs> when, right so so that's part talking, of the uh, prepping when we talk about um because this brings me on then to the like um I suppose black musicians or, or all the rap industry, I guess, whatever it might be, or, or whatever that might be. And something you said was um, with, when Drake or these, you, I think you mentioned another guy as well, they go around giving out money to people and you're like, don't give out money to people. And also there's like a responsibility these people kind of have really being in that limelight. If they were, if they were to use that for, you know, rapping about, or, or the music was about education and about um, striving. And is that the, the sort of thing I, I, one of your videos did actually go into that is that what well, you yeah um well one thing's for certain man uh talking about education and self-empowerment is not very profitable yeah. in america i don't know yeah. about the uk no. but it's not a, that's that's a sure way to get yourself less listeners around here and so you know these guys like you said they're very powerful if you speak and i think you mentioned you have about five thousand people who subscribe to your podcast yeah, about so. that, yeah. it's not great right um, yeah, it'll be 5,001 after today. So. You know it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, that's powerful. You're powerful. And it matters what you say uh, because there are 5,000 people listening. And then if you imagine a guy like Drake, there's millions. Yeah. He sells, you know, what, what, what is a platinum record? A million sales? Yeah, I guess so. Um, whether people are paying attention or not, he's, he's speaking directly to their, to their conscious and subconscious. And for me, it, it would be a much... Uh, it, it would be a much better use of that power to educate people and empower them, you know, than to just give them money. If you just give a person something and they don't understand how to use it or invest it or what, what, by what means they can use it to make their lives better, they'll just disperse it. It will be like handing them so much dust and they'll just throw it into the wind eventually. We, we, we hear about people who win the lottery or come into lump sums of money who after a few years are broke all over again. Yeah. It's not because they didn't have the means, it's because they didn't have the knowledge. Yeah. And so these powerful people, really, I, I personally think they should use their power and influence to educate and to broaden the horizons of their listeners as opposed to just after they've made so much money, giving a bit of it away. Um, and I, a lot of um, the athletes and entities in America are guilty of that. And we, the public, we're, we're, mm. we're not holding them accountable for that. You know, we were yeah. letting them make lyrics that talk about oh, I've got so many cars and I've got so many bitches and I've got yeah. this amount of money. And I mean, okay, that's great, buddy. How does that better my life by knowing about all the great things that you have? Teach me something useful would, instead. Would you have you said know? this though when you were in your early 20s? I mean, oh, listen to that kind of music. I mean, you weren't, uh, you weren't enlightened like, like you are now. Yeah. You'd have been there like the rest of us being there, buying the albums and singing the lyrics and everything else. At yeah. what point do we... We don't blame the young, of course. I mean, don't get me wrong; they don't know anything. They're, they're young; they're, 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 they're not been exposed to stuff yet. I mean, they're not out, of, you know, not out of education or anything. But at what mm -hmm. point do we expect them to be able to, or is, are we responsible for that development that they're not getting? Because it doesn't happen in our educational system either. One thing that doesn't happen either is um, mm -hmm. uh, financial uh, education. People really don't understand about like mortgages and everything else, and it's, it's right. like, criminal really you know they can, they can learn all this stuff that well, i do apologize all this stuff that isn't really relevant but they don't really uh, have anything to do with the stuff that really matters you know mm -hmm. um i think that uh we definitely have a to answer well to answer your question no when i was in my 20s i was just bumping the beats like everybody else man, yeah you know yeah or the beats like yeah that's you know um 
I'm not I'm not sure exactly when I came online to realize that you know these guys are taking advantage of us, but it had to do with that whole self realization that we spoke about earlier. As I started to think, and I saw these you know these very intelligent men with, with big audiences who were using it constructively to teach people and empower people. Um, sometimes, you know, a detriment to their own reputation because a lot of you yeah. know, people would try to organizations would try to defame certain amongst them. They would do it anyway, and I, I started to think, well, why? Why isn't that happening now? Why aren't any, why aren't any of these popular guys, Drake and uh, Young Jeezy and all these other rappers? Why aren't they? Why aren't, why aren't they doing the same thing? Um, they they seem to be more concerned of their own livelihoods than anything else. So I, it just something that happened gradually, to be honest with you. Is that not America? I mean, it sounds ridiculous, you know, but is that not what America? America portrays itself like that. This whole wealth generation and. It, it seems very easy to make a lot of money, but also to lose a lot of money. And there seems to be right. this whole thing that you see, whether it's either on social or, or in the news or something, people almost celebrating wealth in a way that doesn't really happen. I'm not saying in Europe so much. Well, maybe I am saying in Europe. It seems to be a bit of a, an American thing, you know, uh, people having all the athletes and stuff celebrating okay. wealth and everything. I don't know whether that – do you see that in America? I mean, is that the main thing? Um, is that what everyone yeah, school wants? They want to be a YouTuber I, and stuff, do they? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, that is – Honestly, if you know that is very American, honestly, um, to 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 have as much and to 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 earn as much as possible, because to some degree we we associate self worth with how much money and possessions that we have. Um, that's something we're taught at an early age, and so it's become part of the American ethos to do that. Um, so yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with that. I think in most developed countries, I've traveled to quite a few. I think that's a very common ethos to come across i think it can be but then of course where does it ever stop that's that's the argument that we have is you don't need you don't need much to live comfortably i mean there's a figure i think i think it's about seventy thousand us dollars if you hit that figure earning more than that it doesn't really give you any more happiness at all if anything it can Mm. give you a lot more stress because you're in the office longer or whatever or you're taking those calls at three in the morning from someone who's unhappy and you've got a sunday morning you've got to react to it um so there comes a point where I think we see over here, especially now I'm in my mid forties, I left the military that I don't need to earn a huge amount. You know, I don't need to blow up on YouTube. I don't need to do this. I can sit with my audience. I can talk to people, run a few courses. I can do some directing work for a company I work with. I don't need to go and change the world in a massive way. I don't need to thrust like that. Cause I'm quite content about who I am and the message that I'm putting out. Um, it just seems for me when I look into America that there is this huge, I mean, there's a divide of wealth, of course, in the UK as well. Um, mm-hmm. Although we are statistically, the whole Western world is closer, apparently, in wealth um, disparity than it ever has been. And it wouldn't, you wouldn't think so, would you? But we are apparently. So there's there's a, there's closer between the impoverished and the the wealthy. Mm-hmm. But um, you, one of the things you said here as well, you said the system seems to be set up to keep people or to keep poor people um, or to manage the resources, basically. So it's it's almost in a way to keep the poor where they are and not to give them the education. Does that, that's something that came out there. I suppose if you were to give them the education, would you then not have like factory workers and, and manual laborers and things like that? Is that the issue? Right. Um, well, I, what was, what do you have the actual quote written down? What I said? I yeah. So it came from the video. No, uh, no, the quote it just says, um, it seems, it seems that the system is set up to keep people poor. Okay. Um, and, and I kind of, and we were talking about um, how black artists don't encourage the, the building of wealth. They, they encourage okay. the celebration of wealth, as it were. Well, 
Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's actually a really good way of putting that. Um, okay, so yeah, I don't I don't think um, the priority in America is to educate the public on how to develop, how to how to build a base of wealth. I don't mm-hmm. think that's the priority. It, it's to teach us to spend and to associate things, like I said, with um, our sense of self worth. Even um, for instance, uh, you get married here. You know, most 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 women will encourage you to spend quite a bit of money. I'm not, I hate to speak for No, women, I know, I know, I know. I'm with I, you, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But um, there's this huge ad campaign here about associating the love you feel for your significant other with a shiny rock that, you yeah. know, costs more than a car a lot of times. We, we, we become very materialistic, and a lot of what we're taught is to perpetuate that system of materialism. Um, and I think it's profitable to to those of us who are well off that people keep on spending money unnecessarily and getting themselves in debt if, if you you know if you had a if you had a fire setting business but at the same time you encourage people to conserve trees you probably wouldn't come off too well on the other end you know you've got to encourage people to chop as many trees down and burn as much wood as possible to keep your fire growing and that's that's kind of an analogy for what's what's going on here and what the priority is in terms of educating the public oh you're right spend, spend, it. spend. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a, a tire shop, whatever, I'd be throwing nails down the road. You know what I mean? It's just everywhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd have a tire shop and a nail shop. You know what I mean? Going to help out both of these things. Exactly. Um, we we're going to. I was going to talk to you a little bit about uh, anxiety because um, one of your first videos back in 2015 mm-hmm. talked about anxiety. Went on for about 15 minutes, and it was interesting because, of course, you would have been in the military. Um, you would have been exposing yeah. yourself to say. I've got an anxiety issue. I wrote about mental health back in about the same year, about 2015, in fact. I wrote about, um, what the hell is the essay called now? I have to Google my own essays now because it's much easier to find them like that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, when fighter pilots go bad. And I got criticism for that, by the way. People saying, mental health doesn't mean you're bad. I'm like, I know, but it means it's a catchy headline that you're going to read. And then you hopefully right. you're going to read the essay. And I've got to sensationalize that a little bit. So you read the essay. But it was all about you know me entering a bit of a spin, which is why I run a course now called the Spin Recovery Program. Uh, oh, wow. this whole thing with work where, you know, the boss is coming in and saying, right, Tim, I was one of the flight commanders there. There's one of, th- one of three guys and we're mm-hmm. running about 80 pilots and he would come in the morning and saying, right, Tim, your priority for the day is this, this is what you have to get done. I'd be like, all right, boss, I'll go and cancel some trips then, whatever. And he goes, don't cancel the trips, just get it done. Oh, so okay. then eventually he comes <laughs> back in 10 minutes later and says, and your second priority for the day is this. <laughs> you're like, oh, awesome. I can't have two priorities. <laughs> Uh, so it got to a point where, well, you know, Tim, that's what you get for being good at your job. Yeah. Well, that's the truth right there, isn't it? Because this is why, yeah. this is what happens to people that, you know, can do people. Unfortunately, you take it on. There's a great book by a guy called Tim Cantifer called um, uh, Depressive Illness, Curse of the Strong. And his argument, he's a psychiatrist, I believe. He says that, um, I don't think this is a generalization, but it probably is. He says that people that get depressed are very strong people, um, weak people. Mm-hmm. They get to a point where people are loading them up and they're like, oh, I can't do it. Sorry, I can't. I can't. I'm going to go home because I can't do it. Strong people, they take it and they're like, yeah, give me that. I'll, I'll do that as well. Yeah, I'll do that. And you load up and load up until eventually it breaks and then it drops. And that's your depression. That's your body saying, you know uh, what? I'm going to do this to your mind now. I'm going to put your mind in hibernation right now, which, which this guy is saying is what depression is. I'm going to hibernate your mind to stop you doing these things because if I let you do them even further, it's going to damage you even more. That's so interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's a short book, um, but it's an interesting book, um, uh, Depressive Illness, Curse of the Strong. And he then talks about how he rehabilitates these people. And I realized that I was flying jets and I was seeing a psychiatrist. And the third time I saw this um, psychiatrist, oh, sorry, second time I saw him, 
I saw him, I saw him the first time and I'm sitting in this room waiting to go in next to guys missing limbs and everything come back from Afghanistan. And I'm like, why the hell am I here? You know, there's guys, young guys here without limbs. It's kind of embarrassing, but it gets you off the squadron, right? It lets you just get away from the squadron for the day. And that was enough. And the second time I went, uh, he said to me, he said, look, if you come back again, I'm going to have to stop you flying. So of course I never went back again. Did I, I just, carried, <laughs> just carried on flying like this. What a thing to say, right? Yeah. What the hell am I doing? <laughs> I wrote an essay about it. I got my own help outside of the service in the end uh, yeah. and took it real slow and just, just down, sort of downgraded all the tasks I was doing and realized that's, that's the time you, you reject that run for promotion. You, you don't want to do it anymore. You just have to stop it. And I managed to drag myself out of there. But that was, that was quite an interesting one. Um, what else do we cover? Oh, yeah, go on. Okay, so one thing I did want to speak to, I don't want to run this for, forever and everything, but it's fascinating. This, how it's a two... The negativity behind it too drove the positivity that got you to buy a house. That's a message. Uh, That's like your message. You want to, you want to kind of, you want to use that because this is the great thing. Because people do things that they they don't want to do and they're embarrassed about them and they they end up in this kind of this, mm-hmm. this whirlpool, don't they, of negativity? But you use that for something. You say, "I'm not happy about I, this." But ah, oh, wow, man, that's a, that's a great. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, and it's it's actually kind of a hard thing to explain. But um, the house came about because of tattoo regret. I got a tattoo. Now, I have quite a few, and I won't say which one because I don't want, you know what I mean? I don't want to insult the artist. But But I used that regret and the pain I felt from that to fuel my motivation to buy my home. Um, it's, you know, motivation is something that's finite, at least in my experience, you run out sometimes it goes, it's, it's a cycle, Yeah. but pain and regret sometimes can be so all consuming. It, it's actually a good motivator for change. If you could tap into it, you can do incredible things. You know, Tim, it's been about, um, I'm approaching 300 days being free mm. of alcohol, you mm. know? And that is because I used regret. I used the painful experience. And so this is how I, I do that. I made a video about it. Uh, I'll try to condense it. It's basically, you take something that's happened to you, something traumatic. And the, honestly, the worse, the better. Something that when you think about it, you might wince a little bit because it's left a mark, you know? Yeah. And you say to yourself, because, of the, because this thing happened to me, because I, I lost that friend or I hurt myself in a way I can't heal from physically. Maybe I lost a hand in an accident or something of that yeah, sort. Yeah. Whatever it is, you take the sentiment, the feeling, the regret, the pain. You say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to quit a bad habit or I'm going to do something positive in my life. I'm going to get this college degree. I'm going to buy this house. I'm going to invest in this property. You're going to do something. And the reason why I'm going to do this good thing is because of the pain from this past event. Okay. I'm going to take that pain and justify it by doing something positive in the present for myself. And so you tie the two events. It becomes, whenever you achieve the good thing, it becomes that you achieved it because you were hurt in the past. You've used it as a type of fuel. And... Um, it can be done with anything, anything for any reason. They don't have to be linked. You just justify your pain by doing something good for yourself and you use it. You, the, the motive, now, this is the, the, the account where accountability comes in. 
you say to yourself, if I don't achieve this thing that I set out to do, then I went through that pain for nothing. It's, I, I, I felt that hurt for nothing. That regret I'm carrying around is for no reason. He used that. And so I must achieve whatever that thing is because by doing so, I will justify the hurt. And that's honestly, as many times I've quit for a month and started drinking again. I've quit for two and three months. I made it once to day 99 and drank on a day 100. Like legitimately, man. Not bullshitting seriously. me. So, yeah. yeah, seriously. I get that. I so, get that. What got me over the hump is actually using that technique, and that's what got me over it. So tying that back into anxiety then, because obviously we know that alcohol being a depressant does fuel anxiety. Um, So we can drink, and then we just end up being, and we've all been there, I've been there as well, where you've got to stop and say, look, why am I either so depressed or why am I so anxious? What's the constant thing I'm doing in my life? You say, well, my diet's pretty good, and I'm I'm exercising. Oh, I'm slamming Mm -hmm. beers. That's what I'm doing. That's the constant right there. So mm-hmm. it's the beers. And you do research in it. And one of the good books I recommend people that I, I do coaching with is um, mm-hmm. uh, Alcohol Explained. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. I just had the book around. If you go Alcohol Explained, you'll find it. It's a British guy. He used to be a paratrooper, I think he was. And um, he, uh, he's a, it's a really good book. He simply lays it out. But he does talk about it's, the great thing about it. He's not judgmental. He was uh, moderating for a long mm-hmm. time himself. And then he was like, okay. why am I moderating? You know, it starts off with, why am I having an issue with alcohol? And he's like, well, why am I, okay, I'll do something about it. I'll moderate. And then he's like, well, why am I moderating? And then eventually he was like, I'm going to get rid of this completely because it's given me anxiety and it's, it's obviously, you know, not making my sleep great. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to find out the guy's name because literally I recommend this all the time. And um, okay. that's quite an interesting one, but that's about anxiety. So when you were talking about anxiety back in 2015, I'm assuming you were still drinking back then. And then do you think that was fueling your anxiety? Was that a big factor of it? Or was it the fact that you were, you've been in the military five years, you were unsure of your identity, you're still trying to work up promotion, be shift leader, that kind of stuff? Right. Um, it, um, it definitely, it didn't help, Tim. But I, th- I think ultimately, now that I've stopped drinking for a while and I still have anxiety, I think ultimately it comes from a lack of confidence in my ability. Okay. That's what, that's, I think that, that's the fuel. I'm scared. Uh, that I can't do this, or if I do this, I'll mess it up. Or even yeah. before we started this this podcast here, yeah. when you said that you were about to go, uh, that you're about to record, my heart started to pump. Like you know, yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 right. And so it's 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 from a lack of confidence. And I, uh, the best tool that I've found for my anxiety, and you know, the funny thing about that to touch on it is that most people look at me, you know, and I'm a pretty tall guy. Um, I've, I've been told I could be imposing in person and whatnot, and I seem very sure of myself. Even though I'm not necessarily trying to project, project that, mm. people tend to to pick that up from me. And um, the truth is, every day to some degree, I deal with an immense amount of self-doubt and fear. And um, it may be the only difference is that I don't give into it. I, I let myself mess up if I have to, but I... I go and do the thing that I'm afraid to do. And that's ultimately the greatest tool I've found against uh, that fear and that anxiety and mm-hmm. that lack of confidence is to go and do the thing that you're afraid to do, which is obviously a lot easier to say than to do. Um, but the more you do it, the, the softer that, that, that whisper of fear is going to become. Yeah, I, um, well, I use some cards down here. Okay. And they're, they're from a company called um, Best Self, if you people want it. It's only, I use these, and it's not just for me, it's for the people I coach, and they're, they're courage mm-hmm. over comfort cards. 
Now, what we do on every session we do is the guys are able to pick out whichever car they want. And this is to challenge yourself. This is to um, to get you doing what are they, things. What do they call it, Tim? Oh, sorry. Uh, courage, courage over comfort. Cor- there we go. Oh, Best okay. There's a company. Okay. They're based in the States. You can pick these up pretty cheap. And they're, mm-hmm. they're broken down into like either relationships, uh, random, uh, personal development. Uh, what is this one here? Learning or health. So right now you could pick one of these. You could say, hey, I want a health challenge. Go, all right, yeah, of course you do. I'll pick you a random oh, wow. or, or experience as well. I'm going to pick you a health challenge. And this health thing mm-hmm. says here, it says take a fitness class. So you'd have okay. to go out and literally <laughs> go and join a spin class for a day. Jeez, what a, ter- what a terrifying deck of cards. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, personal <laughs> development, here's one. You've got to write your eulogy. There you go. So, my guys, wow. they, they can choose one of these. They get one joker. So, if they choose one, they go, oh, Tim, I'll have a relationship card this, this week. I'm like, all right, have a relationship card. Okay. They pick this card, and it says, um, write a love note to your partner. They're like, dude, I don't want to do that. So, they're allowed to pick another one. <laughs> that second one, they've got to do all it. Right. And they have to do it. And this week, they really? are doing some. This week, I've got a Accountability. Yeah, it's all about that. I think um, it starts with integrity, doesn't it? It starts with that doing the right thing even though no one's watching. Yeah, doing the right, that's integrity. Mm-hmm. So I build initially what we do on the course is we build that integrity over about four weeks. Then we start group accountability um, through the habit forming page uh, part of it. So that if, for example, you say, you know, I want to work out for 30 minutes every single day, I say, okay, I'll be your accountability partner. And what that means is I'm responsible for you doing that. So at five mm-hmm. in the morning, I'm going to send you a text. I'm going to be like, get out of bed. What's going on? You know, you've got to be doing your right. workout. And if you don't do it, it's my fault. So I'm accountable to you and the rest of the class. It's quite a powerful thing for men because that's, you realize that's that, awesome. That's yeah, awesome. we need we need each other to be able to achieve these tasks. So um, I'm a big fan of of these challenges and and as you say, you know, doing something that makes you uncomfortable. And we soon realize that actually, it's not that bad. It yeah. Was, once we do it, it's doable, right? It's all right. 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 It's not, it's not bad at all. So that that was the interesting thing on there. Um, mm-hmm. I was gonna. I, I I don't think I'm really gonna try and cover too much else. Did you okay. so you read some Jordan Peterson stuff? Did you? Because um, you know he's at the moment he's he's recovering, isn't he, from uh, benzodiazepine? I think it's, it's one of these drugs that you guys have. Mm-hmm. But um, some of his <clears throat> some of his lectures that he used to give, you can watch those. And you, I think you can get a lot out of that. You know, I I used to watch a few of those and get quite a quite a few interesting things. It's like it's that teacher we never had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so it's, it's hard to it's hard to ignore uh, it's hard to ignore it, uh, Jordan. If you're on the path of personal development, you're going to come across him at some point. I, I actually was on holiday recently with a guy. I was skiing in Europe, and uh, this guy was talking all this stuff like we are. And I said, "Oh, did you see this Jordan Peterson thing?" And he was like, "Who's Jordan Peterson?" I'm like, "Dude, seriously." What are you about? <laughs> I thought you would have. He's like, "I've never heard of the guy." I'm like, "And that's amazing that in this day of celebrity, there is still you, there's still someone that that's." that famous that we still can't hear about. I mean, or we haven't mm-hmm. heard about. I find it incredible. Uh, I find it incredible. How's the piano playing coming on? Um, it's coming along pretty good, actually. I, I just put up a, I put up a short video yesterday. And um, to be honest with you, man, I've, I've been playing, as long as I've been playing, I should be a lot better. You know, I've like, I feel to myself first thing is like, man, you suck, guy. Yeah, you're like, doing that you thing. Should... That's what you're doing now, isn't it? You're doing that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it should be better. You shouldn't. You have to get rid of that word "should" out of a whole language. You know. What I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, a friend made a good point. He said that well, because you've been doing something for a long time, doesn't mean you've been practicing for a long time. So yeah, um, it's it's coming along well. It's it's something I do for the love of it. It's something I put a lot of energy into that earnestly. It 
only because it brings me enjoyment. At the same time, I feel like I'm being constructive, you know? Yeah. And I haven't really tried to do anything um, major with it. I think I have a video that has, on another another channel I have that has close to 30,000 views. And that's about as big as my piano playing has ever gotten, uh, that that's video. Big. Yeah. But yeah, usually I have an audience of one. It's just, just my wife sitting on the couch and uh, I play something and she gives me the usual that was great, honey. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's about it. And I satisfy myself with that. But I think that's something men should do. It's kind of a kind of you know, if you've ever read about you know, like samurais, for instance, uh, yeah. you know, back in the day, you have these warriors, fearless warriors, and what have yeah. you. But they also they also practice um, tea ceremonies mm-hmm. and, and poetry and and flower arrangement. You know, yeah. they balance their masculine energy by doing things like that. So I think all of us men, we should try to do something like that. And so that's what. The piano playing is for me. It's, it's it's balancing that aggressive, masculine, smash, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve energy with something that's artistic and beautiful. You know. Yeah, for that's, the sake of it, that, and you don't even need to celebrate that. I mean, I've, I've got this book Kaizen here, which talks about incremental change and process. And there's another one called um, awesome. uh, Japanese Japanese. Is it? Which talks about all those things like tea ceremonies. <laughs> it talks, yeah, I, I'll get the. I'll put the links in the um, description for this. It talks about all those things about um, what the Japanese do, like raking gravel and, and all the tea and everything else, uh, mm-hmm. and practicing for practicing sake, as opposed to trying to do something really well and then you know smash up on the internet so people are going to applaud you it's not that's not what it's mm. about it's about the getting the, the doing it for the or doing the work as i said earlier you know getting it done almost like for a therapeutic type thing that we should be doing a lot more of which is really yeah. cool so and you mentioned other channels so do, as you, do you have up, something now, like that do you have something like that tim that you do well this, this a, i don't you see the rowing machine down here this pain machine this is ah. a water rower yeah and it's good okay my wife wouldn't allow a concept two in the house so we have a a water rower. So I, I, I'm the chairman of a rowing club. And uh, so I, I run that in the UK. And it's the second biggest regatta next to Henley on Thames, which is probably the biggest rowing regatta in the world. So um, really? we do a lot of rowing. Rowing is very thera- therapeutic. And it's not just because rowing, if you get in a rowing boat and you haven't rowed before, you just end up upside down in the water straight away. like that. that <laughs> okay. There's so much that goes into it. There's so much balance and, and poise and technique. It's all about legs. Uh, everyone thinks his arms is not. So it takes you, you know, years to learn to be a, a decent rower. And mm, you go up and down okay. the river, you know, early in the morning, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, so I do that. Uh, I take watches apart as well. I'm into, you know, horology. So I really get in my zone. I put some, like, Dreon or something. I'm, I'm massive into my West Coast. And, and then that's blaring there. And then <laughs> I don't know why. All the days of Snoop and Easy, all this kind of stuff, you know. So I put that on right. the, old, the old school, you know, the 90s. Yeah, right. Then, um, okay. When it was still when it was still half decent and then uh, before it got abused yeah. and, and sensationalized. And then I take mm-hmm. my watches apart and I clean all the bits and then I oil them. Oiling itself is, is that's a very much like bonsai tree cutting, you know, oiling a watch. And then I try and get them running and the regulating of the beat and everything else. And um, yeah, so I, wow. that's my things. But I'm always on the lookout for, you know, things that I haven't found yet. That um, okay. I'm thinking about archery next, maybe. That's apparently quite, that's you know, long That's so archery. cool. I would love to do archery. That is such a cool yeah there's a lot in it apparently yeah. there's a lot of um we don't realize we think it's just doing this but apparently it's not there's a lot to do with different types of bow and the strings and the arrows and anything oh, yeah. i've actually I tried before actually and i you know we thought we killed someone for a minute there we could be shot an arrow over my friend's <laughs> fence out into the street so yeah, there's quite a bit that goes into it that's terrorism that's completely different that's it urban terrorism so let's just reiterate your your channels for people then so um your name is Mickey McLorain, and you've got 
Son of Sotep is your main one, is it? But you talk about other ones like Facebook and another channel, is it? Or um, yeah, you? well, um, on Facebook you could just put my name in, yeah. McLorraine. Um, should I spell that? Or uh, yeah, spell it. Go on. I'll, I'll put it up in the credits anyway. But okay, um, my first name is M I K I, yeah. and last is M C L A U R A I N E. And, um, you know, that's just kind of a social, there's nothing I'm doing in particular on there. I've kind of got my hands in a lot of things. Um, my podcast is also going to be Son of Sotep. That's, okay. I've got an, I got the first episode pending right now, but I haven't gotten the approval notice yet. So whenever it comes up, that's what it will be called. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't, there's an older YouTube channel, but I'm kind of phasing that one out. I don't really pay much attention to it anymore. So, um, but if anyone is interested in looking that one up, it's called More McGill, which is M-O-R-M-E-G-I-L and uh, the number two, More McGill 2, which, um, are you into Tolkien at all? Tolkien? Yeah. The There's author? Uh, I haven't actually Tolkien? read too many, no. Why? Were you into oh, yeah. that, were you? Okay. Oh, well, that's what More McGill is from. It actually means oh, okay. black, black swords. So no, I didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't got into that that rabbit hole myself yet. I need to that hole. Is that Lord of the Rings and stuff like that? Is it? it yeah, it's a, it's a deep hole. I caution you. You know. Yeah, really. You, know, Let's get yeah. you don't seem like you have a lot of time, Tim. So I would I would advise against it. <laughs> All right, great stuff. Well, look, it's been brilliant to talk to you. Anyway, um, I'm sure gonna, people mm. on to, and I'm going to put your links for these things if I can. I'll go and find a Facebook link and your YouTube link and your podcast link. What are you using for your podcast host? Who are you using a cast? Is it a cast or um, SoundCloud? SoundCloud, yeah, SoundCloud's a great place to put it out. There's so many, isn't there? But as long as people know yeah. where to kind of go and then they can search on that thing and they'll, they'll find you. But, but look, it's been brilliant mm -hmm. to talk to you. I'm sure you'll, you'll want to come on again. And when you're massively famous and you're rocking the world out there, then I'll be like, hey, hey, remember me when we were small? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I'll come on I'll, your uh, podcast, all right? That's great. Yeah, that would I'll be great. That would be great. I'd like that. I'd like well, it's been lot. great to talk to you. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'll, get, I'll get this out and I'll send you some links over, okay? Absolutely, Tim. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate it, man. No worries. Have a good time. Yeah, and you, buddy. Awesome. Okay. See you soon.